0: Love Talk Radio.
1: The The show deals with relationships As far as finding Mr. Right or Mrs. Right If you're looking for That perfect person Being realistic with you Not a perfect person Trying to find you a person That's going to fit your needs right there And y'all can work together You know Tired of the one night stands Tired of all the games We're here at nothing but the truth We lay it down We lay the truth Not only that We also talk about lifestyle, we talk about health, we talk about justice, the law system, government. We talk about things that is important to the common folk. So, you know, with all that said and done, today's date is June 9th, 2012. And I'm going to give you the topic of the show for today. BCD in America. Obesity America is not a rising, It's not only a rising problem, but it's a current epidemic that is affecting a new generation that's coming up. Kids are now being diagnosed with health problems that are, shouldn't really be diagnosed with like type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, but today I bring in health expert Wendy Saylor, and she is going to be joining us here today to talk about these issues. Let me give you a primo of her bio right here. Here it goes. Wendy Saylor is a certified professional coach, certified weight loss coach, and health coach on WendySaylor.com. She had a nursery school when her son was young and worked as his playground supervisor for several years and actually enjoyed it. Several years ago, after having many health problems due to being overweight, she lost 130 pounds by eating a vegan diet and becoming physically active. She had diabetes, which resolved in less than two months after eating vegan. She then found the Dr. Furman's Eat to Live book and program and has been living that lifestyle ever since. As a plus to the results of her changes, her husband became vegan improved his health and is now a weight loss coach as well. Her 85-year-old mother who had many health issues and was on 15 different medications was able with these life changes and under the guidance and enthusiastic approval of her doctor to cut her medications to only two. Wendy believes that dietary changes can improve anyone's health and thinks this is the most important dealing or key factor with children's weight issues. And with all that saying done, Wendy, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great.
1: That's good, that's good.
2: I'm here in the Pacific Northwest in the (laughs) gray skies and 50 degrees.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Woo! I know. (laughs) Woo! Feeling that right there, feeling that. So, yeah, I mean... Let's, let's get to it. Let's, let me ask you this. What made you want to change your lifestyle? That's the most important thing I think people want to know.
2: Um, well, I was miserable. I was having a lot of health problems. And um, it was kind of good for me because um, at the same time, my mother was struggling as well. And her d- doctor had suggested that um, she start walking. She had emphysema. She was on oxygen 24 hours a day. So we started going to the park and walking around the track. And we were both in such terrible shape. You know, we could only, you know, walk a small portion of the track. And, but even with doing that, all of a sudden just walking that little tiny bit, I started losing weight because I'd been totally, you know, inactive. So as I did that, I started feeling better, and um, which made me want to do it more. Um, my mother, however, was not doing so well. She would have to sit and wait for me to walk, and, um, you know, then we'd go home together. <clears throat> so... The thing that happened was as I started to lose weight. Um, and this is before I went vegan, though. I was I I had been a vegetarian since I was three, so I thought I was eating in a fairly healthy fairly healthy way, which is kind of delusional when you realize that I was able to lose 130 pounds. <laughs> it
0: couldn't have been all that
2: healthy, um, and at least not the way I was doing it. <clears throat> so. I, um, my doctor called. He was very excited that I was losing weight, and he had me come in, and he did blood work. And um, apparently, I didn't realize this, I went to the post office to pick up our mail, and there was a letter from him telling me I needed to get into the office immediately. And so I called up, and I said, what's going on, you know, and they said, you just need to come in. He needs to talk to you right now. So I went in, and he told me my blood sugar was 595, and my cholesterol, I think, was like 485. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: And he, I mean, we have a really strong history of heart disease on my dad's side of the family. And, you know, he said my blood sugar was so high, he was just going to have to put me on insulin. You know, it was just that, uh, no question. And I didn't really want to have to do that. Um, Part of the thing I did not put in my bio is I am a recovering addict um, with 24 years in recovery. Tomorrow Mm is my any birthday. Um, And, you know, since I've been in recovery, I don't really want to take pills. I don't want to have injections. I just... You know, have tried to stay away from those things So I said that to him, you know I really don't think I want to be doing something I'm giving myself an injection for Would you please give me a chance to see if I can find something Diet and exercise wise that would help me? he said, I'm giving you 30 days If you don't have your blood sugar normal in 30 days We're going to have to do the insulin So I went online and I found a um, study that had been done. I think it was a 90-day study. I can't remember how many people were in it, about 60 people, I think. And they had um, agreed to eat vegan and just to make sure that there wasn't, you know, the... um, uh, You know, they didn't want people to have to worry about, okay, eating vegan, what does that mean? What am I supposed to have for breakfast? You know, what do I have for dinner? So what they did for those 90 days is they brought the meals in, you know, three meals a day, snacks, everything. They brought everything into the person each day for them to eat. And within um, that 90-day time period, every single one of those people's blood sugar was normal. And, I mean, these are people who had been on insulin and, you know, medication. So that was pretty dramatic, I thought. So I took that to my doctor, and he says, okay, you know, give it a shot. So I did, and within less than a month, actually, my blood sugar was normal, and it's been that way for the last seven years. So, you know, to go from going to have to be on insulin to, you know, having normal blood sugar, you know, was enough for me. It was like, okay, because that, that had really frightened me, thinking that I was going to have to be on insulin. So I went vegan. I started losing more weight even faster. I mean, it was like it was just rolling off me at that point, and um in fact, my <laughs> my pants would get so big for me that I had to be careful not to put, like, anything heavy, like keys in the pocket or anything for, for <laughs> fear that I, <might, laughs> I might lose them. So, you know, that was really, that made me feel really good, Have my clothes getting looser, feeling better. I could walk, you know, I was walking, like, five miles a day. The more I walked, the better I felt. So it was pretty, you know, it was pretty heady stuff. It was... Very good inducement for me to keep on going because I felt so much better.
1: yeah gotcha. you, understand? Yes. Now, with that case right there, because that just falls into what I'm I'm looking at right now. You know, you know, why is it that obesity is considered to be an illness in America? You know, they don't really put it up there with heart attack, but it can be associated with a heart attack. You know, or cancer. You know, they they try to downplay. It. Now it's just coming up now. Obesity, obesity, obesity. Why is that? In your honest opinion?
2: Um. Well, I'm not sure why. It's.
1: <clears throat>
2: I know that. Um. Well, I think back to when I'm. I'm 62. Um, When I was a child, I was thinking about this, you know, over the last week or so. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: When I was a child, I was in a class that had 60 kids in it, and there were two children that were overweight. And I don't even mean, like, morbidly obese or anything, just a bit overweight. The one was, you know, excessively heavy. But the mm-hmm. only other kid I can think of was, um, you know, he would have just been a little on the heavy side. Not, He wouldn't have been in the obese category. And I can think of very few people in my school who are overweight. You
0: mm-hmm. know, so I
2: have to look at, you know, what was going on then. And I, I don't think necessarily, I think we've had multiple things happen. I think we have a lot more chemicals in our environment, and I think those things affect our weight. I think kids are not outside as much as they used to be, um, and I think that they just, kids don't move the way they used to. I mean, my summer times were spent swimming, swimming, you know, we had a swimming pool that was probably about a mile away. And I'd walk in the morning to my swim classes. Um, I'd stay at the park and eat lunch. And then I'd go swimming all day until 5 o'clock in the afternoon, come home for dinner, walk home for dinner, walk back to the pool, and then walk back when it closed. I mean, that was a lot of physical activity. Mm-hmm. And... um I don't think that happens anymore. You know, I don't think kids walk like that and move like that. I'm not saying it's their fault or their parents' fault. It's just, you know, the way we are now, we don't move around the way that we used to. <clears throat> so but I, as for why, I think we've just kind of, number one, eaten the way that we did when our grandparents were... You know i know my my grandparents were from the midwest and um they weren't farmers or anything, but they had they had you know farm land that they they had gardens and they worked in them, and they were very physically active <clears throat> and um you know they ate food that they grew it wasn't in a can or in a package or you know, so just the way that we get our food, our connection with food. Um, I know my husband wrote a book called The Reluctant Vegan, and mm-hmm. he was talking about how he ate as a kid, and you know he thought he didn't. <laughs> he thought spinach came in a can. I mean, he didn't know it was something that grew, and. I think just our kind of disconnection with food and we just eat what's fast, you know, eat what's quick and from hand to mouth. Um, And I don't think we see the connection, you know, I don't think we want to see, I think we've been told that the connection between cancer and diabetes is, you know, I don't know. I mean, everything is so medicalized, you know. It it has to be dealt with by a professional, you know, and it's, it doesn't always have to be that way. I, part of it is our responsibility to get information about what we're eating, what we're putting in our mouths. And as I said before, you know, a lot of the chemicals that we use have a lot to do with obesity. Um, and I think we've been told we have to have tons and tons of protein. And we do have to have protein, but we don't have to have anywhere near as much protein as we take in. Um, So, and I think, I don't know, growing up, and then probably in the 60s, 70s, people wanted a fast fix for things. You know, if you had they were looking at, at medical problems from the reverse side. They were, okay, you have this problem, what pill can I take to get rid of it, not what can I do to make a change so I don't have the problem in the first place. So I think we're really pill and medication oriented and that benefits a lot of businesses, shall we say, like, you know, the pharmaceutical industry and Medical industry and I'll give yeah. you a little example, and this isn't even food wise this is um one of the things that held my mother because I told you earlier she had been on oxygen twenty four hours a day, and she'd been going to this Capri class, and they had told her you know that she needed to not uh to always use the Oxygen. I mean, and then she got scared that she wasn't going to have the oxygen around and, you know, she was going to be limited. <clears throat> and I did a little investigation, and I found there was this breathing technique called the Buteyko, B-U-T-E-Y-K-O, breathing. And it had been used in Russia, Great Britain, Australia. It's a, just a really simple way of breathing and that people could get off of their oxygen, they could get off of bronchodilators, they could get off, um, you know, like prednisone, things like that, that they'd been on, just by learning how to do this breathing. And a lot of the people, after a week, didn't need their medications anymore.
0: Well, the thing that
2: happened, it works very effectively. I took the book when I got it to my doctor, had him look at it, and he said, you know, he's right this this would work because physiologically this is how the body works and this would work, you know. So go ahead and try it. So my mother got off of oxygen. Not only that, she lost 80 pounds between the diet and the breathing. And she started walking seven miles a day.
1: Seven miles. And
2: seven miles a day. And she started jogging at like 87 years old.
1: Drugging.
2: Wow. you know, oh my and God. the pr- the problem with the Buteco breathing method is there's no way anybody can make money off of it. You know, that's why it isn't. You know, you don't see people doctors prescribing. Although Doctor Furman does prescribe it, and I didn't know that. It was funny because I found it independently, um, and then I found I had caught because I. Uh, started using him, you know, for consulting with my mom and me on a couple of health issues.
0: Mm -hmm. And I
2: said that she was doing the Botteco breathing. He says, oh, we teach that to all our patients here, too, you know. So these are things that nobody can make money off of. (laughs) So they are not promoted. You know, why would they promote them? You know, the drug companies promote things. I mean, you listen to commercials on T V on taking this or taking that or um but you don't hear anybody saying, Hey, try the boteco breathing method, it's not gonna cost you anything.
1: Right. There's no there's no right. money in it. I I think mostly with what they do they try to hustle. I think I'm not gonna say all of it's totally because I mean if someone's really, really sick and at a point where, hey, I got a uh, I have to take the medicine, but before they get there, I think it needs to be more education out there on, you know, eating right instead of, hey, take this pill. Like you say, there's always someone trying to give me the quick fix instead of saying, hey, let's, let's do this the right way so we don't have to keep getting stuck on these medications because, like you say before, too, these medications, sometimes they do have side effects, too. So Well,
2: and I'm my father had a... Bypass surgery in, I think it was 1981. And um, it was, I was trying to think of how long it was after that, that um, I started reading about Dr. Pritikin and Dr. I don't what to escapes me at the moment. But he was. they were talking about getting people... Away from me. In fact, I think they both used vegan diets and lots of whole grains and you know vegetables. And people were reversing their, um, you know, they had clogged arteries and they were reversing the the heart disease and the atherosclerosis. So I had I was writing an article and I questioned one of the doctors and I said well I said how long have the people you know doctors known about these doctors recommending well for quite a while and I said well then why have why don't they recommend people try this before having the bypass surgery because my father had a very bad thing happen to him during the surgery it wasn't really anybody's fault it just happened And he ended up with dementia as a result of the surgery. So, I mean, that was a pretty big side effect. Um, So I said, well, why don't they offer people this before doing the surgery? Because at least, you know, in my dad's case, he wouldn't have had to, you know, suffer the consequences of that. And they said, well, people won't do it. They won't go on the diet, they won't follow it and get the exercise. And and I said, but do you ask them, you know, do you offer that? And, well, no, because we know that they won't do it. Well, how do they know? I mean, I certainly did, you know, change my diet when I found out it was going to help me, at least give the person the information to have the option. You know, so there's a lot. I don't think it's as bad now. I don't think doctors are as... Um, I guess, you know, paternalistic about it where they're going to decide what they tell you and what they don't tell you. you They know what's best for you. I don't think it's that way so much anymore, but it was at that time, and I think that has a, you know, a bearing on, you know, why they tell you or don't tell you. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I know that you was talking about the foods that you thought was healthy now, mm-hmm. and you say that these few foods weren't actually that healthy. Could you give the audience a few of those examples of those typical foods that you, sure. they might be eating they don't know of?
2: Sure. Well, one of the um, the things that I read about children was that they were getting ninety percent of their calories. From dairy, fats, white flour, and sugar. Mm. And dairy, while, I mean, and I had eaten dairy for years, I mean, that's the one thing I kept telling myself I cannot live without cheese. I just, I know I'll die (laughs) (laughs) without cheese. I just, I, that, you know, I just, I could not imagine a life without cheese. And I'll tell you, that was an addiction for me because, and the way I know that is because after I'd gone without eating it for two or three weeks, just thinking about it disgusted me. It was like, it was, you know, it was so greasy, and why had I eaten it? You know, it was like getting away <laughs> from a drug. It was like, and I mean, seven years down the road, and. I can watch commercials on TV for pizza with the cheesy stuffing and whatever and it doesn't even look like food to me. Mm. You know, so that that was my worst food choice was dairy products because dairy products are probably one of the highest um things that cause problems in people's diets as far as cancer is mm-hmm. concerned and um, cholesterol high cholesterol uh, heart disease all of those things So the dairy was the thing I was doing that was bad the good thing that I was doing well and the other thing that was when I first started out as vegan I was just replacing what I had um, you know I would do um, like I'd get soy cheese or something and have a grilled cheese soy sandwich instead of a cheese sandwich.
0: Mm-hmm. This was
2: in the first few weeks. <clears throat> and so what I was doing, or I'd eat a Boca burger, and I don't know why I was doing that because I'd never eaten meat <laughs> from the time I was three anyway, so it wasn't like I was trying to replace meat, but, you know, there are just things that you think of kind of as comfort foods, I guess. And then when I found Dr. Furman, it was, you know, no, that's not what you do. You eat foods, foods that are nutrient-dense. You know, you're looking, you know, for bang for your buck. So you're looking for, you know, leafy green vegetables and um, things that are brightly colored veggies, you know, like red peppers and um grapes and, you know, just things that have a lot of color. The more color, the more food value, really. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Um, so, and I ate a lot of salads, but I would put dressing on them that had a lot of oil or was had cheese in the dressing, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're kind of defeating your own purpose there when you're, you know, ladling on the, Ranch dressing or, you know, so my my downfall was dairy, too much dairy. I so see, if somebody I... who ate meat, it would be too much, you know, too much meat, too much dairy, uh, too much fat because I would have, um... now see, I thought olive oil was really good for you. You know, put olive <laughs> oil on it. Well, the thing I've discovered is olive oil is better for you than other oils. But you don't want to really be ingesting your oil, your fat, as an oil. You want to have it like in an avocado or a nut or a seed because then you're getting the fiber that goes with it. So it acts mm-hmm. totally differently in your body. You're you're eating something that's a nutrient, whereas if you're just using an oil, it isn't really a nutrient. It's just kind of a fat that your body's got to work to get rid of. So, yes, they've discovered that when you eat things like um, sunflower seeds or walnuts or um, like chia seeds, flat ground flax seeds, those things, and avocado, not only does it not act the same way as other fats do, it helps clear fat from your body. So, you know, doing that instead of using the oil is just much, much better for you. And, you know, you're you're taking in a nutrient.
1: I see. Now, with this say my um, we're talking about foods and things like that. What do you think about the products that are out there that say fat free in the grocery in store? What do you think about that? Because sometimes we could turn around and you look at their ingredients. Nothing's changed, maybe, but one item, but it's right. fat-free.
2: One of the things that happens with fat-free that I've noticed, just on a personal level, because I read labels like mad now, I don't really eat that many foods that are processed. Most of my things are fresh vegetables, uh, fruits, or and things that, you know, I may eat them cooked, steamed, or, or something like that, but I'm not eating a lot of processed foods, but... Usually, the thing that happens in the fat-free things is they'll take the fat out and then they'll put sugar in to make up sure you know make up for the. They'll put more sugar in and they'll put more salt in.
1: Oh, well, it's not really even fat-free in a way.
2: Well, it's fat-free in that it doesn't have a fat in it, but it has fat-promoting things in it, and <laughs> it has you know salt, which is really bad for your body. Because we take way too much of it in, and it makes our kidneys have to work overtime, so not a good thing.
1: Mm. For the people that are listening in, you want to probably go ahead and call in, so y'all can stay tuned to the show. The number that you need to call in it is one six four six seven one six seven nine one one. Again, one six four six seven one six seven nine one one. I'm going to continue. Now, as far as helping the kids out, how do you think the parents should be involved? You know, what way? You know, should it just stop at the parents? Should it be at the school system? Should it be statewide, nationwide, as far as we can reverse this whole issue that's coming up now?
2: Well, I guess my whole thing is that I've always felt as a parent that the buck stops with me, you know, that I if I don't do something about whatever it is, I can't expect somebody else to do it. Um, Just that I'm the one, finally, that's accountable for my child. So, um, you know, my suggestion is to get educated. You know, this is something that, I mean, okay, as a parent, you know, I know that we all, you know, if our child has an ear infection or something, we rush them to the doctor get them on an antibiotic if appropriate, sometimes even if it's not appropriate. (laughs) You know, but we Mm -hmm. take care of our child. You know, we know what we're supposed to do. We know what the warning signs are. We know, you know, what we do. But we don't know that about food because we live with whatever, you know, we were taught growing up about food. That's what we've got stuck in our heads, whether it's right or wrong. So, you know, the thing, and I was... (laughs) really lucky with our son because he did eat really. He was a vegetarian as well. Not I didn't, you know, try to talk him into being a vegetarian. It was just that that was kind of his natural inclination, I guess. But, I see. Um, he, but he ate fruit and he ate, he would get, you know, like sprouts, alfalfa sprouts, they come in those little boxes. Mm-hmm. He, he would get two or three of them, and he would eat those like kids. other kids ate potato chips. He would just, he'd look like a little brontosaurus. <laughs> he'd have the, mm-hmm. You know, the sprouts stuck in his mouth, chomping away. You know, so in carrots, he was always eating carrots and celery, you know, crunchy, chewy things. Um, so he did eat really well. So I'm hoping that that, you know, from what I've heard, what I've read... That um, you know that will serve him well in later life. Um, so, um, as parents, I think it's just important to get information, and the best—I hate to keep saying Dr. Furman, Dr. Furman—but Dr. Furman has a book called "Disease Proof Your Child" or
0: "Children," mm-hmm.
2: and. You know he tells you you know what what's dangerous, what's healthy, and that I think it's I think it's by the time they're ten um, what they have eaten in that time period has already set them up for you know cancer or heart disease in later life. And he's not saying that that can't be reversed, but it's through diet. His thing is always that diet is the medicine, you know, what your diet is. And um, one of the things is that I have some statistics here that American children um, consume less than 2% of their diet from natural plant foods, such as fruits and vegetables. American children move into adulthood eating ninety percent of their calories from dairy products, white flour, sugar, and oil. Amazingly, about twenty-five percent of toddlers between ages one and two eat no fruits and vegetables at all. By fa- by fifteen months, French fries are the most common vegetable consumed in America. You know, I mean, mm. look at what we're. Di- I mean, I've been, <laughs> I've gone out to dinner. Like, you know, we'll go, there's a restaurant, our local restaurant has a salad bar. My husband and I will go for the salad bar. And, you know, there will be people that will come in and they'll say, oh, honey, they've got a great salad bar. They've got pizza, they've got spaghetti, they've got chicken wings, they've got, I mean, and they're not mentioning anything (laughs) that, (laughs) you know, has anything to do with salad. (laughs) And as you watch the people there that are piling their plates up, and I'm not saying this as being, you know, I'm so virtuous and they're idiots. It's not that because I was doing the same thing. The people that have all this other stuff on their plates are the people who are extremely obese. You know, and the people that are putting the salads on their plates, they're the ones who are, you know, weigh what we're supposed to weigh. So just that, just looking at that, watching in the grocery store, you know, and I never thought about it being obvious, like, to the checkers. But, I mean, when we go to Costco, I'll be looking around at the food, and I'll think, I could starve to death in Costco's. If there was, like, Armageddon or something and I was stuck in Costco by myself, I wouldn't last that long because most of the things that people think of as food Aren't, don't even register as food to me, you know, processed foods. And and all there would be would be produce, you know, fruits and vegetables. And I would eat my way through those, but, I mean, the rest of the store might as well be cardboard as far as I'm concerned. But So I'll watch people, you know, going through the checkout in Costco, and they'll be buying food for a picnic or something, but there's nothing in it that I would be able to eat because it's not really food. And so one day my husband and I were at the uh, supermarket here. It's a lot like a Whole Foods supermarket. Um,
0: mm-hmm. And
2: and what we, what we eat are, you know, fruits, vegetables, uh, nuts, and... The woman was checking, t- you know, putting the stuff through the thing, and then she looked at my husband and she said, no meat, no dairy, <laughs> no sugar. You know, she knew. She saw. You know, she could see what the difference was. And she said, you don't ever eat those things, do you? And he said, no, we don't.
1: Mm. Well, that's so, a good thing right there. Yes. So, you, you don't want Go ahead.
2: Oh, the thing I was going to say, it was the most freeing thing I ever discovered because it's totally on me. You know, I don't have to be afraid of what my genetic makeup is or that we have a strong family history of heart disease or anything. All I have to do is eat, you know, a plant-based diet that's nutrient-dense and those things disappear. You know, I can't think of anything that's more... It isn't, I don't have to sit around being scared I'm going to get cancer. You know, I don't have to sit around scared I'm going to die of a heart attack.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm the
2: one that's totally in control, and it has nothing to do with medication. I'm on no medications. My husband is 66 years old. He's had three family members die of cancer. Two of them were his brothers one mm-hmm. at forty one and the other one at fifty two. And my husband takes no he's sixty six, he takes no medications.
1: That's excellent. So,
2: That's so excellent. it I mean and he was terrified. He was terrified he was going to die of cancer because they kept saying, you know, it's you know, some kind of genetic glitch and and you know, he started eating the way he eats and yeah, you know, he's in great shape. He says he feels better at 66, you know, that he did when he was in his 30s.
1: Mm. That's amazing. That's a blessing right there.
2: Oh, yes. And don't mm. think he doesn't know it.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so well, I guess the thing that parents can do is, you know, just, I would recommend that book, Disease Proof Your Kids.
1: You hear that, everyone. Say it one more time for the audience. Let them know. Right.
2: It's called Disease Proof Your Kids, and it's by Dr. Joel Furman. And then the other book, the one that I read, is by him, uh, Eat to Live. And it isn't a diet. It isn't like, oh, I've got to count calories. I can only eat this. He tells you you can eat as much as you want as long as you're eating.
1: The you right things.
2: Right. And you're not ever hungry, and you get to eat great food. I probably am more engaged with my food, you know, because it's beautiful, and it tastes good, and it smells good, and it's fresh, and, you know, than somebody fixing a packaged dinner and just not even thinking about what they're eating just because
1: mm-hmm. they're in a hurry. mm there's some crazy stuff right there. That's why I tell people you gotta plan ahead. You gotta have a strategy. There's gotta be a strategy on how you eat to win this war on obesity to have a life a healthy lifestyle. Yep. But I know a lot of people say they wanna hear you again, so are you gonna be able to come back to the show probably at the end of the month?
0: Sure.
1: Okay, okay, we're gonna get you booked. 'Cause a lot of people are like they love what you was just saying. I was looking in the chat room and people just going left and right here and sending me stuff through Facebook. So, now how can people get in touch with you as far as they want to talk to you directly or what not? What can they do?
2: Okay, well, I have my site com, and mm-hmm. um then I'm on Twitter at nwsailorgirl. Mm-hmm. And um I can't think of what my <laughs> it's uh, your health path, and um, I think it's I think it's Wendy Saylor page. You know, Facebook slash Wendy Saylor page. Okay. But it's okay. your health path. Um, the thing I was going to say is on my website I will post. Um, the information I have some graphs and things that were interesting about children and what they eat and their weight issues and I will publish a link on there so that uh, people can look at that
1: okay excellent well any final thoughts to give to the audience before we uh, walk out of here
2: well just you know how great it is that we're the ones that actually control our health by what we eat
1: hmm okay, okay. All right, then. My name is Mr. Evan Brooks. I was with Miss Wendy Sailor. Thank you for coming to the show. Mm-hmm. Thank for everyone for I thank everyone from coming in, the listening. I know a lot of people have sending me messages, text, asked me about. Oh man, this is good stuff. So mm-hmm. tune in again. You can listen to the show and any other show that we have posted for over four years by going to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash NB underscore true. You also can subscribe us on iTunes and have it on your podcast. Oh, we are a podcast, but you can have it on your player, uh MP3 player or your phone or whatever device you have that's able to play MP3. So I thank you for all tuning in. Again, if you want to get on the show, you want to talk to us about it, you know the number our email address which is MB underscore truth at yahoo dot com. Thank you for so much. Thank you for tuning in. God bless.
0: Thank you for tuning in. Thanks.